Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 26th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the OK Beast, a.k.a. Leftover Poppy Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Good morning, Greg. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Yeah? Had a nice weekend. Did you? Yeah. On Saturday, went to a wedding shower. Yes. I want to say this was probably my first wedding shower that I've been to. Okay. And I was freaking out in the days prior because I didn't know what the gift giving situation was. Ah. It only hit me on like Thursday that shower usually implies you're showering people with, with gifts. You're giving something. And love and, a pr- and praise. And I, and I had a lot, lot of love. You had a lot of love. You had a lot of love and a lot <laughs> of praise. I had so much love and praise to give this couple. Uh, it was uh, Belinda and Yusuf. Um, but I was also like, oh, shoot, I should probably bring something. And then I hit up some other friends. And I'm like, hey, what are y'all bringing? And they're like, oh, shoot, we didn't even think about that either. And then I hit up like one of the people that, that was helping plan the thing. And they're like, no, there's no expectation. Like You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't have to worry. They got money on the registry. You don't have to bring a gift. See, it's that's where it gets interesting for me is that you get into un, not uncharted territory there, mm-hmm. but you went to a wedding shower, which used to be a bridal shower, yes. which used to then you know then then there's you know the, uh, what did the grooms do again when you uh, the bachelor party bachelor parties yeah. right and so I feel like combining it there, I would personally at that one I wouldn't think gift because I'm bringing a gift to the wedding. You bring a gift to the wedding, mm-hmm. right? Are you you know that? Yeah, you bring a yeah, gift yeah, to, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, And that's but it's also I I went on, went down a Google hole here sure. where I started googling and I was like, all right, what are the expectations at a wedding shower and People were saying, oh, no, you, the gift that you would bring to the wedding, you just bring to the wedding shower. Okay. But then checking the registry, the registry is just money. They're just like, hey, we hey, want to save money smart. for these things, which that's is smart. Yeah, super smart. That's what I would do if I'm getting married. Sure. But like with that, I was still like, I got I want to bring something, right? I don't want to come into empty handed. And so ended up <laughs> stopping by a spice store, got them spices. Because they're big into cooking. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yusuf yeah, specifically, he, he does a lot of baking. So I got yeah. some baking spices. Felt pretty good about Where'd it. Where'd you go for spices? Uh, it was this play Oaktown. Oh, man. I was wondering if it was going to be Oaktown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, it was an awesome store. And they had like perfect gift boxes for that exact Hey, dummy. Thing. Yeah. You need to give somebody something. <laughs> like, you don't know what you, you're doing. Yeah, it's just me staring at the wall being like, oh, what am I going to get? Do they need paprika? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, Yusuf is like one of the best uh cooks and bakers i know yeah right and so i'm like what does he have that i that like what does he have what is something missing in his what, repertoire that exactly I can yeah, like yeah, is there yeah, anything yeah. i can give a man that has everything yeah turns out they had me covered good the gift box and so i did that uh went to the wedding shower it was very lovely yeah. it was very great and yeah. then sunday just rested all day well first off don't let's not undersell the wedding shower of course mm-hmm. all right now i was not there i was in nap all weekend long also wasn't invited so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but what i was spying on everybody via instagram stories of course, Belinda, such a huge Taylor Swift fan, a Taylor Swift themed yes. shower. I learned I, a lot about Taylor Swift. I that hit up. I, I I ran into Yusef's stories first while I was up there in Napa drinking wine, and I immediately said, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Then I made sure to go to Belinda, hit her up, be like, "I already told Yusef, but this is incredible." Oh yeah, because the detail that was on there, that mirror they had with like the t- song titles of like their fr- them being friends, and then them, they, and like, oh my god, there oh, were so yeah. many things with like uh, labeled with like album names and song names. And yeah, did I confidently say 
1979 twice while helping uh, set up uh, for the wedding shower. Yes, I did. Wait, then, so Taylor Swift has an album that's a year name. Or, 1989, which I learned was the year she was born. So, yeah, there you go. Because there was, there was a Jeopardy game that went down, and yes. one of the Jeopardy questions was, what is Yusuf's favorite Taylor Swift album? To yeah. where I then asked, is 21 the name of, of one of the <laughs> And everybody was like, "No, that is a, a song called 22. So I mean, like, that, oh, that's you're more what I was ballpark than seventy nine. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I definitely got it confused with an, an Adele album. Hey, at I least believe. I knew it was a year. Okay. The easiest, if since you guys are new to being Swifties, the easiest way to remember, of course, not for me because I know everything about Taylor Swift, but the easiest way for you would be that remember 1989, Taylor Swift was born that year, and Ghostbusters two came out. So if you mm. need a shorthand, you're always you're never gonna forget mm, when Ghostbusters two came out. Yeah. So if you just go off of that, yes. you're all set. Good call. Good call. But it was a fun weekend. You also were dressed very well, as always. Thank you. you, know that, you know. I, I've had that shirt for a while. Yeah. I've always felt self-conscious about bringing that shirt out. Why? Because it just doesn't fit on me the exact way, the way I wanted want to. to. Yeah. Like, it was a little bit loose. And, like, I'm, I am I like wearing clothes that are a bit better fitting. Um, But I tried it on just because it felt like it was good wedding shower apparel. And yeah. you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm going to rock this. I love how surprise blessing was when he saw me there. Yeah, that for some nice. I, so for some reason I forget that we're friends with the same people. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Barry, what are you doing when here? Turned the corner, and saw me. It was like, holy crap! Holy cow! I only see you at work. <laughs> That's incredible. You know what else is incredible? That we kind of know what's up with Perfect Dark. We kind of know why Alan Wake Two is digital only, and we have so much more to tell you about. Kinda because this. Is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of this show by watching it live. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. You can be in the chat, you can pop off. And of course, you could keep us honest by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and telling us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday of course that's all well and good but the best way to support kind of funny games daily if you enjoy it if you're here each and every day is to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny of course you can get each and every episode of kind of funny games daily ad free you could get all the other podcasts ad free you could watch us record the other podcasts a day early ad free before anybody else gets them only on patreon.com slash kind of funny of course there's also a bevy of bonus exclusive shows you'd get nowhere else like kind of feudy greg way and so much more all on patreon.com slash kind of funny and of course there's exclusive merch up there each and every month as a premium item, why not go check it out? Patreon.com slash kinda funny. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can write into the show for free at kindafunny.com slash KFGD. And of course, you can support us when you're checking out on the Epic Game Store with the creator code kinda funny or when you're buying something in Fortnite, Fortnite, Rocket League, etc. on your console of choice. Enter the creator code kinda funny, all one word. Housekeeping for you. Our elemental episode of Pixar in review is up right now. You can go check it out on youtube.com slash kinda funny. Of course, that's where we put all the entertainment content. You go over there and say, What do these people think of this Pixar movie that I didn't even know came out? And you'd go watch it and you're like, What is elemental about? And you, I don't know. Cause you Were you ever a Pixar person? Eh, I mean, like, I liked Toy Story. I watched Toy Story as a kid or a young person. I don't know when Toy Story was. I feel like there's been a, and maybe I, this is just me being out the loop. Has there been a big Pixar drop off? Because these used to Ooh. be events. Well, this is the big, this is a big conversation. You gotta that talk with Kevin. Kevin Coelho brought up that the, then the new CEO, or even though it's the old CEO, I think, of Disney, who said now, like, you know, we actually really did them dirty because they, during pandemic, they put all the like Pixar stuff out. And stuff. And, uh, even afterwards, they put them on Disney Plus. 
first mm-hmm. or, or, or solely. So then it kind of killed the oh. momentum of Pixar being a theater experience, and now they kind of fucked themselves on that. Apparently. But I have no idea how Elemental did this year. That's unfortunate. Nor do I care because it's cartoon. I think I saw people. Well, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> but also, I think I've seen people not be as high on Elemental, or at least I've seen mixed reception. Because I when it first came out, because I've been paying attention to the Rotten Tomatoes more nowadays because we have the whole thing going on on the kind of funny next show. I just like you were like I just, I just paid attention to Rotten Tomatoes now. <laughs> yeah, now. Uh, but like it seemed like Elemental wasn't doing that hot, and it seems like it's now after a little bit has come back up, right? Yeah. But it's not like the slam dunk Pixar movie that I feel like we usually get. Who knows, man? It's a shame. Uh, see, see in the chat there, K L O T. I think Clot maybe or Clot uh, asked if on Patreon the shows are the the shows are live streamed or if they're VODs. They're both. So like KFGD, obviously you, you can only get here on the free things over there for all the other podcasts. So you'd watch us record them live, and then if you missed them, you could show up and get them ad free that or two. Also, people in chat are saying Turning Red was great. Turning Red Red was great. I love Turning Red, but there was the one before that that was like the last one in theater before pandemic. I think Onward. it was called Onward. Yeah. And I liked it was, Onward. It was cute. But, like, yeah, that didn't seem like the slam dunk Pixar movie that, we're get, that we used honestly, to get all the time. Like, bless, I know, like, we're thinking about in the last couple of years, but we have to think back to, like, Good Dinosaur and, like, Brave back mm. in, like, the, the 2009, 2010 era. Uh, like, I, I feel mm. like it's been a little back and forth, and then they got back Ooh. a little bit with Toy Story 3. They also had Lightyear, though, recently. Lightyear wasn't great either. Yeah. 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 A, lot of, a lot of love for Soul in there. I like Soul. Soul oh, I heard yeah, really I good Soul. things about Soul. I, yeah. I've still not seen it. What are you going to do? Somebody said, you know, Greg's disrespect for cartoons is upset. Or animation is upsetting. I just think there's, like, great cartoons, like Superman stuff, and they put that on TV usually, and that's great He's place to Superman watch. Superman, not Spider-Verse. You think, the fucking, most obvious think, thing. What about, well, Jack Quaid, our friend friend of the show, of course. Got, uh, you know, he's got a new yeah. Superman show coming up. Chris I mean, he's got also in Spider-Verse. Chris, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, put your, put your, put him, just... I, I I hate to get back on my soapbox, uh-huh. but we were so close. Movie theaters are on the ropes. You know what I mean? There's a lot of bad COVID brought, a lot of deaths. You know, I don't mean to bring it all up, but we all know a lot of people died during COVID, and that sucks. They did. But the one silver lining was like, like maybe we can stop movies. <laughs> <laughs> movies? Maybe we can stop movie theaters. Oh, God. And not like stop them, but just really suppress them. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all what? right, cool. There's a there's a boutique experience if you want to go be an idiot like Tim and waste your time driving there. I this sounds like the microphone. This wait, so, wait, sounds wait. like a man who hasn't seen Creed three in theater. I've never seen a Creed. The magical experience. I've never, never seen, seen a Creed. Creed. Never seen a Creed. Oh, they're really good. Yeah, they're very good. Have you seen a Rocky? <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like, and I, you know, mainly as a kid, I've never. I mean, yeah, no, I don't think I've ever sat down as an adult for a Rocky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, Creed is worth it. Creed three is fucking fire. Also, a lot of good I like theater Jordan experiences. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning is going to come out. Nope, no, no, no. You don't want to watch that in no, theater? No. Remember, we're done with Mission Impossible. What? Do, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> we boycotted. You and me boycotted. No, Mission not Impossible. me. No, I love Mission Impossible. <laughs> you remember, like my of course, favorite action movie. You remember, franchise. of course. Now, here's like, is it because Tom Cruise yelled at all those people? No, no. Oh, okay. he, I, 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 good on you, Tom Cruise. They yeah. weren't wearing masks. They could have shut down the sure. whole thing. They could have fucked the whole thing. You know, no, no. And remember, we're not going to talk about what the outcome was of this movie, all right? But we can never forgive Mission Impossible for not letting Henry Cavill shave his mustache and go do the Justice League reshoots, all right? There's a very specific... God damn it, Barrett! Get it off the screen! Get it off the screen! Continuing with housekeeping, it's Joey's half birthday, which means you can get 25% off everything in our RT store with the code Christmas in June. Remember, of course, we launched a new kindoffunny.com slash store with a whole bunch of brand new products, but that means the old products are still up on the Rooster Teeth store. So you got to go to roosterteeth.com slash store or whatever the hell it is and use the code Christmas in June to get 25% off. 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, Casey Andrew, Delaney Twining, and James Hastings. Today, we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. A now, the Crush Lemons in chat says Mission Impossible franchise is better than the Fast and Furious franchise. That's not even an opinion. This is fact. Yeah, it's not close. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I will it's not say even in the I, same stratosphere. I, 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 no, I will say maybe the lows for both franchises are in vi- very similar planes, but the highs of Mission Impossible though. And like Mission Impossible has had like one low. Yeah, like Mission Impossible too. Everything else has been fucking fantastic. Whereas Fast and Furious. Half those movies are, are stink. You know? Stink. I've thought about Rot. I want, you know, I've thought about quitting a lot of intro reviews. Uh-huh. I haven't. I quit faster. <laughs> I'm like, Tim, don't make me do it anymore, please. Oh, man. Just, it hurts my psyche and it makes for a bad product. Uh, number one on the Roper Report today is Xbox's Perfect Dark reboot is still years away. This is Rebecca Valentine at IGN. But before I dive in, Blessing, mm-hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about this story? Yeah, sure. It's yeah. quite long, and you were like, I think this is the longest story we've ever had on the show, and yada, yada, yada. How did you condense? When do you want to intersect to talk about it? What do you think? I mean, I tried my best to condense it, of course. Rebecca Valentine doing very amazing work God over there work. at IGN. Like, she's been on the journalistic side of the industry for a while, right? Even starting with GamesIndustry.biz, but she brings a lot <laughs> to IGN, especially the new stuff. And yeah, she did a deep dive into what's going on with Perfect Dark and Xbox and why Perfect Dark is still years and years away. Uh, it's a very long article. I recommend anybody go over there uh, to IGN, give them the click, read the full thing because there's so much in there. Me and you, Greg, have both read the full thing. I've condensed down to like the first, maybe like third of the article, okay. and then I bullet pointed the rest uh, just so we, we're not sitting here all day reading of the course. full thing. But even for what I condensed, it's still a lot. Go read. There. Go give the click. Go yeah. send Reb some love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I say like, I can jump in up to bullet points, and then we can tackle yeah. what we've done, and then go bullet points. Let's do that. Sounds good. At the Game Awards 2020, Xbox unveiled a new game from its fledgling studio, The Initiative, a reboot of Perfect Dark. Three years later, developer The Initiative is still, in many ways, only at the beginning. At the time of the trailer, created by an external CG house, was shown. Oh, I'm sorry. At the time the trailer, created by an external CG house, was shown, it was quote unquote very obviously way far ahead of anywhere the game was at according to one developer who was working at the initiative at the time. Quote, we hadn't even figured out any of our core game mechanics. We didn't even know, or we didn't even really know what type of game we were making, end quote. According to conversations with 13 sources familiar with the game's development, little meaningful progress has been made on Perfect Dark since that 2020 trailer. Why? The answer isn't glamorous, but rather wrapped up in the realities of game development. The project has seen roadblock after roadblock with problems such as fraught code development partnership, a pandemic, technological challenges, an ongoing exodus of significant talent, and unclear direction from management keeping the game in development limbo. And while a new partnership with Crystal Dynamics appears to finally be bearing fruit, multiple sources who have worked on the game recently say that Perfect Dark is still quote-unquote in the earliest stages of development, estimating that it is still roughly two to three years away from being ready for release. In the early days of the project, the overall mood was optimistic. Perfect Dark was an exciting IP that most were thrilled to be working on, first at the initiative and then at certain affinity when the studio signed on to the project in 2019. 
As with any early development process, much of this initial work consisted of nailing down a clear creative vision for what the game would consist of, and then developing a core gameplay loop that is both supportive of that vision and fun for the player. Studio leadership would, I'm sorry, studio leadership was fairly clear from that early on that the initiative's Perfect Dark would see a balance of combat and espionage elements that would ideally feel like playing through a James Bond or Mission Impossible film. The developers just had to figure out how to translate those memorable movie moments into video game format. But while these core ideas remained roughly consistent throughout Perfect Dark's development, exactly what the player would be doing to express them kept changing as ideas were pitched, prototyped, and then scrapped for something completely different over and over again. This process was expected at first as a fairly normal uh, component of game development. But... As Perfect Dark moved into its second and third year, sources tell us that the process began to drag on much longer than expected, as leadership's refusal to commit to any specific ideas or shape for the game began to frustrate both teams. One former employee, a woman, also expressed frustration, uh, both with the low number of female creative staff on the project generally during this time, as well as multiple meetings where male creative heads made insensitive suggestions that were difficult to push back on without more women in the room to support the potential concerns. An Xbox spokesperson offered the following response to this specific topic. Quote, We are committed to addressing any and all concerns employees have in accordance with our company policies. We have been and continue and will continue to encourage players to report workplace concerns when they have seen or experienced behavior that falls short of our culture, values, or policies. Employees can report workplace concerns in a number of ways, including anonymously, end quote. Among even more former employees we spoke to was the sense that the people in charge were unable to communicate a clear vision for the game they had so enthusiastically signed up to make. Or, some said, uh, when they did manage to communicate that vision, leadership ignored or dismissed feedback from the experienced team they'd put together. These repeated struggles over creative vision resulted, sources said, in build after build being thrown out and internal frustration growing with each new reset. And that's just the opening of all this blessing. Yeah. Where do you want to dive in? I want to start with, once again, commending uh, Rebecca Valentine on the report because she talked to 13 different sources and it, it, it's explained once you get further into the article and even in the bullet points, right? She even talked to Matt Booty about yeah. this, right? Yeah. In a very formal conversation. And Matt Booty was very frank and open about the ongoings of the initiative, why there is why there is some struggle with the initiative, right? Mainly being his him citing the pandemic as being um, the major thing, right? But when you look at the problems that Rebecca lists off, even in one of the early paragraphs, talking about uh, a fraught co-development partnership, a pandemic, technological challenges, an ongoing exodus of significant talent, and unclear direction from manage management keeping the game in development limbo. A lot of what I'm getting out of this report is that making video games are hard, right? Right. And it's a conversation we have all the time. It's a thing that we keep repeating, but it's a thing that I think gets more and more true as we go, especially as video games become bigger and bigger and more technologically advanced, more expensive to make, and all these things. A lot of these things are just compounding, sure. right? Where, you know, a co-development co partnerships aren't an odd thing, right? That's been a thing that's been going on for the industry, in the industry for decades. Um, when Rebecca Valentine gets into the weeds of, yeah, this was the back and forth between uh, the initiative and certain affinity and, you know, certain uh, studios taking control of certain things, but then also like certain affinity bringing something to the table and it not working for what the initiative wants to do, right? And this pure disagreement on how those studios work together and, you know, them not being able to find that chemistry and how that 
things then get cut off, right? And they don't renew that agreement. That's the thing that happens. That's not necessarily the result of, you know, people doing the wrong thing, right? Or it's not like it being the result of balance or whatever. It's just the result of this relationship not working and we need to go on and, fi and find the next relationship that will work for us, right? Or find um, the thing that works for us to make this game. And so like, there's that. The pandemic, of course, like everybody knows it well, that the pandemic makes things difficult, right? And when you're talking about the initiative being built from the ground up as this quote unquote quadruple A studio, yeah, like especially right before the pandemic, beginning to start the, the, this next game you know going from 2019 and thinking that everything is going to be you know cool it's going to be smooth sailing and then boom we have to work from home for years and figure out how to launch this thing from home right launch this brand new studio from home meanwhile you're probably even still working on the infrastructure to be able to work in person let alone at, at, at home yeah that's really going to fuck up your production timeline um you know the technological challenges and also just game design challenges of how do we make a perfect dark game in 2020 whatever right that's probably well, 2018 when they started this yeah when they started this right but now we're probably talking about 2026 2027 at this point that is way easier said than done because sure what comes to mind immediately is let's just make a sci-fi first person shooter but what they're talking about in terms of their direction they're talking about it being a new flagship for xbox they're talking about it bringing back this beloved IP, right? Like, for Perfect Dark, when you're talking about the best Metacritic-rated games, is very high up there. That is a game that has a lot of love for it and a lot of, like, you know, fan expectation for what that would be. They're talking, it's an IP that matters. It's an IP that matters, and it's an IP where they're talking about doing these cool, um, innovative things with, hey, let's make it like a James Bond or Mission Impossible thing. Let's give people different types of tech that can affect how you move around the environment or different cool kinds of guns. Again, very easier said than done. And I can imagine the amount of dif difficulty it takes to nail down a creative idea that is going to speak to everybody when you're trying to, you know, make this big AAA franchise that's going to be a flagship, but then also make something that's pushing things forward with a new team. It's a lot. Like, they're shouldering a the lot. The deck is stack ag stacked against this. Yes. And that's the thing that, you know, Rev's article goes through. You know, you said at the top, game development's hard. I want to pull from her closing, or closer, right? Uh, again, you should go read Rev's article. It's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, her third to final graph starts. My takeaway from talking to 13 individuals across these three companies, as well as formerly with Booty, is neither tidy nor especially earth-shattering. Game development is hard and getting harder, especially in recent years amid the ripples of a pandemic, economic struggles, and increasingly complex technology being used to create or both create and run AAA games. She goes on for everything else, co-development mm. relationships, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. It's in the article and it's talked about, but it is the fact that can't be lost in what we say all the time now. I feel like this conversation has come up several times in recent weeks of... It doesn't matter how many talented people and how many industry veterans you bring together to create a studio. That is that studio's first game. That is that studio's first time figuring out their pipeline, their structure, what their how you know what their deliverables are going to be, how they're going to do this. What are they milestoning? This article goes into the battle about Unreal Five and yeah. where that ends up with Chris Dynamics eventually coming in. All of that is wrapped up in it. And so, if you're going to take a new studio, and I don't care how many amazingly talented people on it, I don't care how many industry veterans are on it, you're going to do that. And again, in Reb's article, it talks about this being a quadruple A game. That is a recipe for disaster. To say that you're going to tackle that, right? It's almost if you wanted to boil it all down to a meme, uh, right? A format. It's Obadiah Stane from the original Iron Man yelling at somebody, going, Naughty Dog built this in a cave with a box of scraps. And it's like, 
Naughty Dog's first game was not The Last of Us Part Two. Yes. And so it's like you under you, there's a journey to get like Rockstar's first game wasn't GTA five or Red Dead Redemption Two, right? You look at any of the studios you look around and maybe cl- classify their things as you know the top of the top of their class for quality yeah all of them started off smaller right all of them started off with you know games that were way lower scale way lower budget and then over time grew into that like trying to start off with your first project being something that's going to blow everybody away that's a tall order that might be damn near impossible when you're talking about what that means you know and it all you know what i hear echoing through this entire article and this entire conversation is a tweet that went viral back in 2020 from at the time fan bites uh jordan mallory if you remember i want shorter games with worse graphics made by people who are paid more to work less and i'm not kidding mm-hmm. like we are talking about starting a studio and saying you need to make sure tr- we want you to go make a mission impossible uh cinematic tr- quadruple Okay, we might as well bury them under. It's like Spider Man buried underneath the rubble, and it's such a Herculean effort to push yourself off yeah. and get all that off like, of your did back. You, and did go. you do that, and then also create a studio at the same time? Right. Like the the amount of work it takes to even just create a studio, you need time. You like you need resources. You, there there needs to be a period where you're setting yourselves up, right, and then creating a game, and then creating a bigger game, and then going from there and and growing. And again, like that is something that. It seemed like they tried, and you know, like I, I, I think it's worth going through the bullet points to bring yeah, us yeah, up yeah. to where we're at now. I can read the bullet points as you read oh, the whole sure, story. Oh, sure. Uh, so, certain affinity and the initiative employees told me that, and this is Rebecca sp- uh, speaking, told me there was a seeming mich- mismatch between certain affinities' experience, building-focused, specific elements of clearly defined games as instructed, and the initiative's desire to have a creative partner to bounce ideas off of. In 2021, certain affinity and the initiative ended up not renewing their contract to work together. Uh, Perfect Dark Design director Drew Murray left the studio. Uh, the initiative saw a 35 total departures. 35! 35 departures in 2021. Just in 2021. And this is this goes back to the fucking quote. Shorter games, worse graphics. Why people, if you, and, I, I should, and I'm not even saying people here. Mm-hmm. Game developers are game developers because they love to create. Yep. And they and it's publisher pair. And it's like, if you're going to be in this thing gestating on this whole thing, and then you're going to get to the point where your co-development partner, you know, you're, we're not going to go forward with you. Fuck, this game's not coming. You can see the writing on the wall. This game's yeah. not coming out four years, if ever. Yeah, and that's like, I was thinking about this this morning, right? As I was reading through this article of, man, like every now and then I think about how cool it could be to work on a game or make a game. And like reading through stories like this, because there are so many stories like this. I'm like, dude, if I ever make a game, I want it to be indie. And even that totally. comes with its own set of difficulties, issues, all that stuff, right? But the just how that sands you down creatively working on this thing for years and years and years and years. Like this goes back to our conversation of how long it takes a video game nowadays, right? And what and you know, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What does that do to creativity? All that stuff, right? It is so hard to be creative and passionate about, about a project that you've been working on for six years. There's that, and then there's also on the tri- AAA uh, scale when you're answering to so many people, you're answering to the studio heads, you're answering to the publishers above that, you're answering to Xbox above that, right? And like Microsoft being above that, uh, <laughs> you know, there's this level of I'm putting out this idea and it's getting shut down. And you're doing that for six years straight because there are so many um, cooks in the kitchen and so many hands on the project that are working on it. Um, but I digress, right? 35 total departures in 2021 alone, according to to LinkedIn. And Rebecca um, uh, mentioned that like a lot of that is that like, you know, the project just wasn't coming, coming together and it was the frustration of, man, like this is going nowhere. I want this thing to happen, but like, you know, I'm getting shut down or whatever. 
those types of things. Uh, to continue on with the bullet points, though, people leaving may oh, this is right here, yeah, people leaving mainly due to frustration at a perceived lack of forward momentum, exacerbated by more and more people departing. So it's this snowball effect, right? Yeah. Uh, in 2022, nearly four years after the studio was formed, Perfect Dark was essentially started over from scratch in Unreal 5. So just last year, yeah. started over from scratch in Unreal 5. Uh, Crystal Dynamics began to step in uh, and take more and more ownership of the project. This caused disagreements and infighting. Embracer layoffs haven't affected Crystal Dynamics yet. Uh, Xbox has been remarkably hands-off. Uh, Matt Booty says that the studio struggles are a lot uh, because of the pandemic. Um, and then Matt Booty also says, and this is Rebecca Valentine actually interviewing Matt, Matt Booty. Uh, Matt Booty says the initiative and Crystal Dynamics have hit their stride, and he had a full review of the game in May. And then according to Reb Sources, the game is still an FPS balancing combat and espionage with an emphasis on spy gadgets, uh, some experimental movement tech, and a focus on narrative. And a few things here. I think where that leaves off, leaves us off in actually a pretty good place for the, in the initiative, Crystal Dynamics, and the Perfect Dark project, right? Like, Matt Booty being able to come out confidently, and this is, this is, you know, props to Xbox for, again, being open and willing to talk about things, right? Him coming out and saying, like, yeah, the pandemic really uh, created a lot of struggles for making this game in the studio. Whether that's a full story, you know, like, obviously, he's not getting all the way into it for probably plenty of reasons, but... I did appreciate, you know, you, you Xbox has been remarkably hands-off is one of your bullet points, right? Yeah. That is one of the things one of the sources said, and Mo Booty kind of refuted that, right? He said, quote, I will chuckle a little bit at the hands off at the hands off. The amount of time I've spent on the phone with Daryl and everybody at the studio is sort of the opposite of hands off and the amount we've done down there. Uh, and then, you know, Reb goes on to say maybe people who would like if you're whatever designer level, whoever, maybe yeah. you don't, you don't hear from Matt Booty because Matt Booty is talking to the studio head. So I don't want to. I think it's interesting that Matt is refu refuting like Xbox, just like let it burn. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you guys do <laughs> is what you do. Money doesn't matter. But yeah, both um, Reb sources and Matt Booty kind of talking about how yeah, like the game is kind of back on on track. Or Matt Booty saying specifically that he had a full review of the game in May. I think that leaves us in a net positive place for Perfect Dark. Again, Xbox communication and how well they they talk about their games, even in the wake of certain games not panning out, like Redfall. And then um, again, Rebecca Valentine being a fantastic reporter and like sure. being able to get this interview with Matt Booty on like in this same article where she's exposing a lot of what's been going on with this game that they've been working on for a while. Very impressive stuff here. And yeah, shout out to Rebecca Valentine. Shout out to Rebecca Valentine, indeed. The question I'm left with, of mm -hmm. course, we talk about all this, the AAA studio, uh, starting a studio, yada, yada. It's more the foolishness, I guess, of doing a CGI trailer for a game that doesn't exist yet. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? That's like, a whole conversation. Yeah. Of should, have, should this have been announced? No. Yeah. Absolutely not, right? Like, again, and I have to imagine Xbox feels that as well. Now, granted, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're sitting there. Well, yeah, okay. The game's not coming out. Did not come together the way we wanted to. Pandemic, yada yada yada. There's, a, but even then, it's just like if you got no, if like if they were saying like there was barely an idea when they were like, all right, this is what the trailer is going to be about this house that we did. Like, come my, on. My counter argument is, I think we would have heard about it anyway. Like it would have leaked because sure. 
you're talking about them spinning up the initiative and they're not that's not something they're going to keep private right because you need it to be public so they can hire people on and you know let people know where they work or whatever like that has to be that that that's going to be a whole thing we're going to sit here and speculate about what the initiative is working on for a long time that stuff i think that stuff was going to leak anyway especially when you're talking about them working with certain affinity but then also working with crystal dynamics and having it be this big triple a studio that that they're doing there's yeah. so many eyes and, and hands on this game that that information would have came out and so i think them announcing it is probably them just getting ahead of it and then also being able to coast off the excitement and and them not predicting a global pandemic that would throw a lot of things off track right i'm sure they expected this game to be out by maybe this year uh, it's gone now the chat moves real quick but noir and games in live chat on twitch was like remind remember most people are making most studios make these kind of trailers for uh getting people to come work for them rather than promotion of the game that's mm. bullshit that's bullshit. I, I like. I understand that that can be a used a, a reason to do something like that. That's not the reason you put it in a showcase. That's not the reason you show it at Game Awards. That's the reason you make a fucking LinkedIn post. Yeah. That's the reason you go to GDC on the on the floor there and you have a booth that is, hey, we're hiring, and you can say, hey, we're hiring to make the next Perfect Dark. There's a whole bunch. There's well, like if you're if you're Xbox and you you are making the next Perfect Dark and you expect it to be this big thing. You're not going to put it on Twitter. Like, because you're, well, you're talking about. Well, they don't. Like, they, I mean, they rarely do, is what yeah. I'm saying. You know, I mean, usually they do. Like, we're working on a quadruple A game that we're not going to tell you what like, it is. Because, like, Splinter Cell, I believe, Remake had, did that exact thing. And we've seen, seen it quite a bit with game announcements. And it usually is a blog post, a Twitter post of, hey, we're making Splinter Cell. Come work on it. Yeah. Because, you know, the, and I don't know how it is in 2023, but at least in the last few years, there's been that um, uh, a desire for people, for a workforce, right? For video games. Like, it's been harder course, to yeah. hire. It's people a competitive market out right there, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's been, there's been this desire desire to to, to hire. I remember, people. I mean, it's, it's that's technically what they did with Borderlands Three. It was, hey, we're working on the next Borderlands, come be a part of it, yada yada yada. And then Borderlands Three still had a gigantic reveal and a blowout event and all the stuff yeah. that was like made it a big deal. I, I don't believe that you get one shot at being like, hey. On our, uh, you know, Chris on Amex page, we're making the next Tomb Raider. Hey, on uh, Initiative page, we're making the next Perfect. We're working on Perfect Dark, and I think that everybody sees that and goes, "Oh, well, then." Yeah. It, 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 then it just becomes that every Xbox showcase, we're like, "All right, well, I'm predicting we'll see the trailer for Perfect Dark," and it doesn't happen. Like, sure. what the fuck's going on with that game? Yeah. But it's like, it's not an official announcement, and like that is a weird thing of where video games, where we are as an industry right now, of what is the right way to do all this and talk about all this. If it was. Hey, we're making the next Perfect Dark, and we want to spend a whole bunch of money on an awesome trailer that's going to be a concept, proof of concept, right? Of like what the story is going to be, but we want it more to be about hiring people. Then I think you do that trailer, and you go at the end of it, it is like, you know, the initiative is working on Perfect Dark. You know, come hire. Like that's the messaging you do with it. I think we're getting closer to, for better or worse, and I think for better personally, the Kevin Feige MCU thing. Hey, everybody, here's the next 10 years of movies and dates and timelines and yada, yada, yada. We're getting close to that. It's the messaging we're still not nailing. Mm -hmm. Where I think if you were to come out and do the, hey, that's that was the trailer for Perfect Dark. We are a long way away. That is, and it says, come work at, come work at the initiative. They are working on it. it is, yeah, but you message that. You say that. You, say, you tell them why you're doing that. Yeah. Rather than put it out there, which is clearly to get us hype, which is clearly because they thought it was going to come along and get to where it needed to be to go out. Yeah. I'm still... I'm on both sides of the conversation of when it's too early to announce a game or like, should you be totally transparent? Like, should we be like the movie industry where you can talk about a thing at the start of its development, right? Like, Hey, yeah, we're working on this thing. We just got greenlit. Let's immediately announce it. Right. Let's go to the Hollywood reporter or yeah, whatever yeah. To, to, to talk about it. Cause I think I, mean, I, 
The answer there is no, right? Let's say again. That the answer there is no. Oh, of like the this, amount, oh, this green is green. Like, Shuhei comes no. out. And he's like, hey, I think we're no, decades no, no. away from that. Yeah, no, that's but, bad because <laughs> games never make it out. So many games don't make it out of the. Curve. But and that's in that and that's exactly where I'm about to get to is the fact that you know Elder, I believe that the next Elder Scrolls game is going to come out because it's Elder Scrolls and it's a big IP and it's all that stuff, sure. right? But like they announced that they announced the next Elder Scrolls game what in like 2019 or 2018? 2018. That game's like six years away, probably. Like we're talking about fucking like a ten year wait for for this game to come out, and like I don't I don't know that I want that. Like I don't want to be waiting a decade for all these because games just take long way longer to make than than for movies, sure. right? And games I think also just have this uncertainty aspect of anything goes wrong and we're delaying this another another two years because there's so many different moving parts for a thing that is like this technological like wonder that we're making here, right? Like that things get delayed especially video video games get delayed um and so i think that's where we it gets difficult when you're talking about announcing a thing early like this yeah but like i specifically for the uh, uh bethesda conversation right here as you're talking about other scrolls we're mm-hmm. talking about you know what was starfield obviously this whole lead up to it like I feel like that's got to be nice for them in some degree of having that pressure off of them right because the elder elder scrolls isn't surprising that they're working on another one they're going to make another one right and it's the same thing of like remember when they were doing what would be fallout 4 it was like bethesda came to mit today and they were walking around and taking photos it must be set and it's like all this shit is like so annoying i'm sure to them of they can't even work on their game with and they can't say that they're working on their game it's just pushing so just say that yeah that's next give the audience a roadmap in the way and that very Mm -hmm. much is movies right and you say Games are so susceptible to delays. So are movies, right? Sure. I mean, like, we're fucked right now if you haven't paid attention with the writer's strike, oh, which yeah. is going to now lead into the actor's strike. I was reading, I think, GameSpot or IGN, maybe it was Hollywood Reporter yesterday, of, like, because the actors are probably about to strike, once they strike, Comic-Con will have no stars at it. I'm like, oh, oh that's really interesting. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like, domino effect. Like, we're going to have a whole... The whole Marvel slate is fucked up, for lack of me being able to pull up another... For sure. I guess DCU is probably screwed, too, but, you know, we'll yeah. see. But I think my thing too is when video, when movies get delayed, I feel like the delay the delays aren't nearly as long as video game sure. delays. And sure, you know per project, right? Like sometimes there are. But I expect like when some, if seeing a movie announcement today, right? Of hey, we just greenlit this movie. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna see this in like two years. If you told me a PlayStation game got greenlit today, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll see you in seven years to watch <laughs> to, to play through that thing. But. I don't know. I don't know if there's the right answer also. Like, I think, I think me and Tim have had this conversation before on the show of every project is different. And I think for video games, the way it's got to be is that you treat every project individually where, yeah, like it might, it might make some sense in some regard to announce Elder Scrolls because people know that that's the next thing you're going to work on. And yeah. there's fans of that that want to know that that IP isn't dead, even though they should know that that IP isn't dead. Um, Just to toss this in there, all right? Toss it. I'd like to read an article from the Columbia, Missouri, all right? Movie to document Mizzou's antler antics. This is from July 22nd, 2008. Bless it. All right? It's, wait, okay, so wait, it's not out yet? No, it's not out yet. Mm. Do right. you think it's going to come out? <laughs> I don't think so. Do you think you know it's still on I mean? track? I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually going to come out probably as they go through this, of course, talking about the movie based on the antlers, of course. My college group, if you want to scroll down, uh, Barrett, you can see antler grand pooba Greg Miller said it's been a whirlwind since the group found out about the film. Pieces. At first, we were a bit apprehensive, but we've had a few conversations with the production people, and they seem pretty cool. They want to talk to us, Miller said. Murphy said, although the busy schedule, where's this fucking movie? You know what I mean? Where's the movie about the antlers? Thank you. That's all. 
That's a that's such a deep cut. I'm just letting you know movies get announced and don't come out all the time. Well, I, mean, no, all these I, spikes, I understand. I understand you know, that. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe, you think that's uh, what delayed the Antler movie? Well, no. I'm saying like uh, with no writers and no actors, production teams are going to be looking for anything to make. So maybe they come back to this. Maybe they come back. To maybe, yeah, come maybe you take over the project. Well, you, you yeah, when was the last uh, writer's strike? Wasn't that also like 2008 ish? Heroes season two. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. when it was. So maybe that's why they were trying to look into making this in the first place. You know. Is uh, second to hold on. Here's Bring that article back up. <laughs> One second. Bring it up. I gotta find it again. Scroll to the top. Yeah, all the way. All the way. There you go. Yeah. July twenty second, two thousand eight. That doesn't track at all. No, that's, that's that, that must be when they updated it because I was fucking. I was way out of college. I was working at IGN at that time. So that would. Uh, this must have been in two thousand. I was. I was Puba. This is two thousand and. Uh, the two, 2003, 2002, 2002. July 2008. I would have been. Out 2002, of, though. Out of my. Oh, 2002. I'm in second grade. Okay. Maybe 2003. 2002, I was seven. Oh, it would be 2003. 2003. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, everybody. Third grade. <laughs> yeah. I, I was Puba before I was 21, so that checks. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. 23. 23. Puba, huh? Yeah. Grand Puba. That's what they call it. That title. Charge. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank Good you. Good for you. It was a big deal. <laughs> My well, my maybe final question for the story since we've gone long is more about the antlers of Grand Puba. I'm yeah, I got so many questions about the antlers. Um, for Xbox first party game output, right? Yeah. We're expecting Starfield to be game of the generation. Game that is, uh, you know, that is the expectation. Game of the all time uh, that has been put po- on them for sure. Post Star, let's say Starfield hits right, and it's wonderful, and yeah. it's another iteration of Xbox's first party slate. What is like? What what are our thoughts post Starfield on Xbox's games slate? Because what we got Hell Fable. we got Hellblade we got Fable which looks really dope. Perfect Dark I would have put in that conversation right. And I I guess I still oh, do but that seems fur- further along. Um, yeah Val that's a good one. Okay so I I still I feel I feel pretty good State about it. State of K three is in there somewhere. Whatever sure. Double Fine works on next. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. That's that's them trying to get to this cadence. Indiana Jones, as Tim would say, is one of the going to be one of the iconic games of the generation. I'm I'm putting words in his mouth. We can't wait. Anyways, and once we get past that, I'm excited. I feel like they've got momentum again. I feel like they've got a slate of games like, oh yeah, fuck, okay, I want to play some of these. Oh yeah, same. Good, ladies and gentlemen. We love playing games, and we can only play games because of your support over on Patreon.com slash funny. If you didn't know, this isn't a charity. It's a goddamn business, and we need your help. Over on Patreon.com slash funny. of course, you can support us and help keep us independent. You can get each and every episode of Kind of Funny Games daily ad-free. You can get all the other podcasts ad-free, and you can watch us record them live a day before they go up anywhere else. You can get a bevy of other, I mean hundreds of episodes of exclusive content on Patreon.com slash funny. And, of course, you can get exclusive merch posters and all sorts of cool stuff only on patreon.com slash kind of funny but right now you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny so here's a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself i know this from experience how often it just seems easier to care about others and to keep it moving but 
When we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my very best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Number two on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. Alan Wake 2 is digital only because it gives Remedy, quote, more time to polish, end quote. This is Chris Tapsell over at Eurogamer. As we learned in May from an FAQ provided by developer Remedy, uh, Alan Wake 2 will only have a digital release when it launches on October 17th later this year with, quote, unquote, no plans for a physical release on a disc at the time. Uh, this has naturally sparked some concern among f- uh, certain fans with digital-only downloads poising, poising, po- poison, 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 posing issues for both game preservation, as shown uh, by the closure of the Nintendo 3DS eShop in March this year, as well as ownership rights, exemplified by the infamously delisted survival horror spinoff PT. Speaking to Eurogamer uh, at Summer Game Fest earlier this month, Alan Wake 2's creative director Sam Link and game director Kyle Rowley gave us a little more detail on the reasoning behind going digital only, explaining that actually it was to allow Remedy more time to polish the game to an acceptable level, something publisher Epic Games had also been on board with. Quote, yeah, it is digital only and kind of and kind of coming to this idea, both from Remedy and Epic's perspective, uh, that's our current thinking. It just felt it makes sense for this, and the timing felt right, Lake explained, before Rowley gave a little more detail. Quote, as creatives, obviously, by going digital only, it does allow us more time to polish the game, Rowley said. Like a significant amount of weeks, actually. Because otherwise, the game that goes on the disc, obviously, it has to be playable without a patch. We didn't want to release something that we weren't proud of, basically, and that we didn't want players to play. So hopefully, this way, we can give you a better version of the game, end quote. It's a significantly different reason for uh, for the one given in the original FAQ, which claimed that keeping to digital would help keep the price of the game down. Quote, there are many reasons for this, the FAQ said. Uh, for one, a large number of players have shifted to digital only. You can buy a PlayStation 5 without a disk drive and Microsoft's series, uh, Xbox Series S in a digital-only console. 
it's not uncommon to release modern games as digital only. Secondly, not releasing a disc helps keeps the price, keep the price of the game at $59.99. Finally, we did not want to ship a, a disc product and have it require a download for the game. We do not think this would make for a great experience either. End quote. Blessing? Craig? Who fucking cares? See, uh, that's where I'm at. You know? Listen here, game preservation people. No one's taking Alan Wick down anytime soon. Don't well, worry anytime about soon. that. Yeah, don't 20 worry. years from now, you're not going to be able to play this game. Nobody you, is. You're not going to play anything. Exactly. Who wants to play any of these games 20 years from now? They're going to be garbage. We're going to look back and they're baby's toy. We all played. We all saw Back to the Future game too. Elijah Wood, baby's toy. We don't need to worry about it. There's deep cut references for Back to the Future Yeah, I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> but also, um, yeah, this comes back to video games are hard to make, you know? And also, like, it yeah. seems like they really want to hit that well, October date. <laughs> I don't, like, I love Remedy. Don't get me wrong. And I can't wait for Alan Wake 2. I've been very on that. Like, the whole, like, it gives us more time to polish. I'm like, I, I guess. Give them some weeks. I guess. Well, you, mean, can do, you can do well, like, again, like, weeks. okay, they print the disc and then you do the day one patch. Like, but then, like, no, nobody uh, wants that. Even that makes fans bad, too. Well, they fuck. Well, mate. <laughs> Pick a fucking lane, fans. What do you want? Here, I want, here's I want what I'll a game that works perfectly on day one on my physical disc, and I want to live secluded he, from society and not use the internet. Here's what I'll say, everybody, right now, all right? A lot of PC gamers are really mad because there are also these people who want discs, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody chill the fuck out. This isn't a slow zoom. I'm not doing a character. <laughs> everybody chill the fuck out. Like, Remedy loves to put out special edition game of the year editions do different you're gonna get an alan wake 2 disc at some point don't worry your, about your that. heart rate go too high yeah no nah, <laughs> stop screaming greg no nah, calm down cute for something like you will eventually get alan wake 2 on a disc guarantee period and then it'll be the best of both worlds i guess where it'll be hey it is a complete game it's done there is no patch to download you just pop this in and this is the entire yeah. game in the perfect world you want and then, of course, people like us, you just are in the future and live in the current day. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's, it's like there's us up here. Yeah. Gods among men. Exactly. There's what? gods among men. Gods among men. You're in here too, Bear. Any of the folks, you're up here. Gods I mean, among men. I don't, I don't know if I... The digital men. We're, we're ordinary men. <laughs> Normal I don't know ordinary if I men. myself like a digital uh, person, but... Well, then you can come down. because, Like I said, up here, yeah, gods well, among men. Yeah. Where are you? Down here, mm-hmm. middle class, you know what I mean? Not like the serfs, you know what I mean, that we learned okay. about. Not them. That's where I'll put these people who are still, oh, I need my disc, I need my disc, oh, I want my steelbook or whatever. Okay, mm. fine. Below them... PC gamers. That now we're getting into now. If if you're thinking of the barnyard, the PC gamer is the pig walking around, wallowing in the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then down in the shit, the people from Kansas. Just you know what I mean? The sound. That's exactly. So you got the PC gamers wallowing in the, the shit. PC people gamers above the, the Kansas, Kansas people. Oh, Kansas bottom wow. of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel. Kansas. People. Have I ever told you that my parents owned a pig farm uh, back, <laughs> <laughs> back when I lived in Nigeria? No, you didn't, bus. This is the worst smelling place I ever. Oh, in my I life. can only it's imagine. Smelled- Terrible. I hated going there. Again, as I've talked about it before, you, you, you're the multiverse. There are so many different lives, blessings live. <laughs> they had so many different orders, right? It's just like, and you know what? Like, uh, yeah, like I, I think I have to be considered a lower tier. Uh, you want to be than, those middle class? Two, but here's the thing: the one tier that we're all the same is PlayStation trophies, all silver tiers, all silver tier. Let's yeah. go, Fucking silver tier. I got a notification yesterday. This actually loops into what I was about to say regarding this whole thing. How um, pissed were you, though? Mm-hmm. Because it kind of sounds like 
I guess Beverly Hillbillies kind of thing, but that, now they they moved on up, right? Like you seem like you're having this great life in Champaign, Illinois. Oh, I was and then so one mad. day they're like, "Guess what? We're moving to Nigeria." Because I, like, I always tell my parents, "I want to go to Nigeria. I want to go to Nigeria." But I meant like visit, and they moved me there for two years in yeah. middle school. You must have got off the plane and been like, "Whoa, yeah. fuck this!" And I was like, "Oh God, what have I done?" Yeah, I know. I, I hated it. And as an adult, I look back and I value that experience Obviously, because yeah, it yeah, exposed yeah. me to a different culture, made me value life in a different way, and like you know the, the um, like. It made me value different cultures in different ways. Where like, man, I had so much <laughs> in Illinois, right? Like, go to Nigeria, and I'm man, like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> you want to make somebody appreciate Illinois? Go <laughs> <laughs> to a big farm in Nigeria. I love about it now. Talk shit about you in Illinois now. I miss Illinois so much, right? And like. You know, like, there are also dope things about living in Nigeria compared to Illinois, but it was a whole thing. I was a kid, and so I was like, fuck this, man. I want to go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yesterday, I booted up uh, Jedi Survivor because, of course, I only sure. played about half that game, sure. and I figured I don't have anything left to play. You got Final I Fantasy out of the way. Just beat Final Fantasy 16. I also played a lot of Street Fighter 6, but that, I digress. Uh, boot up Jedi Survivor. I got a notification on my phone <laughs> from PlayStation Stars, and they were like, <laughs> the it, the whole thing was, continue your... continue." your journey as a Jedi to save the galaxy or some shit. And I'm like, I didn't even know I had you on my phone. I didn't know I even had this. Like, cool, all right, PlayStation Star is doing its thing. But that's number one. Number two is the fact that, like, yeah, like when we're talking about the, these physical versions of games, you're going to need internet access to download however many gigabytes I had to download to, um, for an update for Jedi Survivor to play that game functionally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least in a way that's, like, more fun than how that game launched. Sure. Like, sure. that is the that's the present that we live in now. Yeah. That's the world. Yeah. And so... It sucks, but here we are. This is, you know, back to the, this is like the movie theater people. Just let it go. All right. There'll be your boutique games you can get on physical. But until then, just let it go. And movie people, get out of my way. Let me just download the movie at home. You know? Some of these are real takes. Some of these are fake takes. Yeah, like, know, I'll let you decide. The lines are blurred too much. I can't tell But you it, it really is an issue of just like, all right, it's digital only. Like, this is, I, I feel like it's going to be fun. It won't be fun for real, but it'll be interesting to look back in like five years when. A number of other game of the year contenders are just digital. Yeah. This is how it is. You see the whole. We don't want we we want as much money as we can from you, the consumer, because this is a business. Yeah. So we don't right. want to pay to print the discs. Cut out GameStop. Cut yeah. out Best Buy. Yeah. Cut out all the um, like third party. All the mom and grop shops. Yeah, and yeah. just give it directly to the consumer. Yeah. You yeah. see the whole hubbub with uh, Starfield. I see the what? The hubbub with Starfield over the weekend. No, I didn't. There was like a, a Bethesda tweet that was like, "Yeah, Fuck Starfield." Is- <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's what they said. Yeah, somebody asked a question, and it was like the same exact th- thing that happened with I think like Ar- Arcane's Redfall, where they were like, "Hey, like, is this gonna come with disc?" And the Bethesda thing was like, "No, it's not gonna come with disc." I didn't see that. And then people, and then like they deleted the tweet. I think clarified that like the special edition doesn't come with discs, but the standard edition is probably gonna come with discs. I'm still blurry on that, but it's a whole thing. It's we're going to go through it in the next couple of years. I think this is going to become standard <laughs> soon. That's why you get these collector's editions you just have nothing. Oh, it's Diablo's collector's edition, but there's no gaming. No, not even, oh, even, yeah. just here. Get, a, not even get an art book. Get an art book. I forget if the code was in. I don't think it was. Yeah. I don't think it was. It is what it is. Number three on the Roper Report. Sonic Superstars release date may have been leaked by retailers. This is Christina Alexander at IGN.com. GameStop and Target may have leaked the release date for Sonic Superstars following the Sonic Central live stream. As spotted by Wario64, GameStop and Target, where Sonic Superstars is up for pre-order, listed its release date as October 17th on their websites, a month earlier than most Sonic game, re- game releases. Is, are there historically November games, huh? 
I guess. Yeah, I mean, that lines up. IGN, however, found that the release date uh, was later switched to the placeholder date of December 31st, 2023 on both retailers' websites. Sega of America did not respond to IGN's request for comment on the matter. Sonic Superstars was revealed at Summer Game Fest earlier this month uh, with a fall 2023 release date. Uh, Given that the trailer for the game dropped so recently, it would mark a pretty quick turnaround to reveal its exact release date now. You believe it? I believe it. I believe it. Well, I mean, I don't. Bl- I believe that there is some validity to the release dates. My theory, because Sonic Central happened on Friday, right? And this stuff happened post Sonic Central. My theory, right? Because Sonic Superstars got revealed at Summer Game Fest. That's I right. believe yeah, it was. Yeah, right. yeah, Summer Game Fest didn't have a date. They just said fall. I think the plan was to reveal it there, and then Sonic Central reveal the date worldwide for like every every platform. But when you look at Blessing Super Fun Game release calendar, October right Which now. Which you can go to at kindoffunny.com slash. Calendar. calendar yeah kindoffunny.com slash calendar if you want to check out blessing super Play fun game release calendar uh october 17th alan wake 2 october 20th marvel spider-man 2 and, and super mario brothers wonder hero can save us. i think by the time you got to sonic central there are probably like actually let's put a hold let's not announce the release date yet because we might not want to release at that time do you um, have a, an updated version because yeah, yeah the... scroll scroll down it's like two tweets down oh gotcha gotcha yeah gotcha. sorry it's a thread everybody it's oh, a thread so okay. yeah the new update is that i'm now posting them in dark mode <laughs> and let me tell you the story about dark mode for blessing everybody he uh on his personal time will use uh light mode and then change everything to dark mode to screenshot uh well, to make it seem like he here's the thing a, Dark mode poppy. Here's the thing. I've transitioned to dark mode. Fully? Fully. I'm proud well, of you. Are you on just mobile. That? On mobile. On oh, mobile. Okay. Okay. On my desktop is still light mode, but like I don't really care about desktop that much. But yes, if I open up Twitter now and I go to my homepage and scroll past anything inappropriate. Okay, there's a Jana Garcia tweet. Dark mode, baby. Proud of you. Right there. I'm proud of you. Thank you. We did it. But yeah, I, I think oh, October 17th might have been the original date, but I think they're probably going to delay it. Probably to November, because right now... Not much going on in November, um, comparatively. And also, that's Sonic's month. So, what's up? You reminded me about the Mario thing. I was like, oh, I put in a bunch of bids on the fantasy draft. Yeah. Did I get Super Mario Brothers Wonder? Mm-hmm. No, Janet did. She outbid me by 17 bucks. Wow. But I outbid her on Super Mario Re- RPG Remake. So, wow. I got that going for me. It's exciting, that fantasy draft. I feel like it this is, is going to be a banger one when we get to the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one contrast. for sure. It's going to be really I'm good feeling good about mine. I'm feeling good, too. We'll see what happens. I got Sea of Stars. Number four on the Roper Report, Bandai Namco's having a showcase. Uh, Shinobi uh, tweets, Bandai Namco summer showcase announced premiering July 1st at 4.30 p.m. slash 7.30 p.m. ET. Uh, Yeah, it was so 4.30 Pacific, uh, 7.30 Eastern. The show will feature, quote-unquote, exciting announcements and game reveals and then links to a Gamatsu article. There you go. Sick. Uh, You excited for that at all? They, they, they They got the tech in there. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, we man. could get Tekken info, couldn't we? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. And then I know there's a new, there's a new Dragon Ball game on. Oh yeah, Dragon Ball Tenkaichi Four was announced, and so I wonder if we can get something on that. Um, maybe a Scarlet Nexus Two. I think that could be pretty neat. Sure, sure. But also, I, Bain, I feel like Bandai Namco hasn't really done a showcase before. I don't, rem- I don't recall one recently, at least. Mm-hmm. And if they have, then it was probably something very low key, <laughs> low key. Yeah. And so in that case, maybe we don't see much, but like. Yeah, yeah, there's I think there's a lot of potential for what could appear at a Bandai Namco showcase. And I would expect things, yeah, on the side of I wouldn't expect like an armored core thing. Yeah. Right? yeah like yeah. I would expect um yeah, something on the side of the anime arena fighters like this or um Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm. Or yeah, maybe like a Scarlet Nexus type deal. Okay. 
Ooh, we'll have people to are saying Elden Ring DLC. I don't think you announce that at a Bayonetta no. Namco showcase. I think if you do, you lead with that and go, "Hey, show up to this Bayonetta Namco showcase where we'll, we're, we'll have more details on an Elden, on an Elden Ring, Ring DLC." Yeah. Because if you don't do that, people are not going to tune into this thing. All right, your final story of the day, number five, Xbox reveals Barbie Xbox Series S. This is Chris Scullion at VGC. Microsoft is giving away a special Xbox Series S designed to look like a Barbie dream house. The console has been created for a competition which will be taking place on Xbox Twitter account and the Microsoft's reward page on July 10th. Players will also have the chance to win special Xbox wireless controller faceplates designed to look like Barbie and Ken's outfits. The console and controller faceplates are part of a series of events being held by Xbox to promote the Barbie movie. Really cool. And it's in Forza. Neat. Really, really cool. You know, try you gonna enter? You gonna try to win? Probably not, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't like I have one, I have way too many Xbox controllers in my house for somebody who's on a PlayStation podcast. Sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Um well can I interest you in a LeBron James uh, dual sense then? I'm good. <laughs> I'm All right. Good. Well, Barrett, go to the go to the PlayStation blog, Barrett. Throw up some of this. Uh, we got the we got some LeBron James LeBron controllers James out there as well. Controllers and faceplates. Mike, are you gonna get the Barbie Xbox? Mike's not he gonna get no. the Barbie Xbox. He, he says, says no. no to that. He says no to that. It was earlier today when I I saw the press release for the LeBron James stuff, mm-hmm. and I said, Mike, do you want the We've LeBron seen this James stuff? Too, though, right? And he said yeah. yes. And, I, and then he walked over and looked at it. And he went, actually, no, I don't want this. So. I like the the symbols being kind of like repurposed into a crown in like the top left corner of the of the controller. Yeah, like that's, that's cute. cute. That's cute. But yeah, this is I don't know. It's whatever. Well, bless you, I'm excited for the next controller slash console collaboration. We'll see, but that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops. Where would I go? We would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today! Kingdom 80s on PC. One Lone Outpost Early Access on PC. A little to the left, Cut Boards and Drawers DLC, Mike. PC and Switch. Life Space Traveler on PC, and then Marvel Spider-Man's two, Marvel's Spider-Man Two Greater Together theme is now available for listening on streaming. Of course, coming right off the Game Awards 10-year anniversary at the Hollywood Bowl last night, where Tim Gettys was alongside a cavalcade. Did you get the FOMO like I did, seeing all that for a heartbeat? Yeah, where I looked at it and I was like, oh man, everybody's there. You know, wow, Jack Black singing Peaches, and then I was like, I still fucking hate concerts, so I would not have been like, wow, I even like enjoyed. an orchestra. Yeah, I probably. You struck me as an orchestra I, guy. I, you know, I was reason. playing games last night, so I was much happier playing. Yeah, but you could have experienced games. Like I've experienced them before. I've seen video games live. All right, I went and saw. Yeah, games. but Jack Black is there. Peaches, 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 peaches. Outfit too. Spider-Man Two themes. It, it, it was an awesome show. Like it looked incredible, but it was one of those where I was like. I'm happy this is happening for everybody who really cares about it. Like, mm-hmm. That's really into it. And it was cool to see like Insomniac had a huge group of people there. I don't know if they were wearing the new Spider-Man shirt for Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. You bet your ass I was all on, oh, where's mine? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I still wear my red one. Where's my black one? Give me my black one. Mm-hmm. And then, of course. Well, that's uh, for the crew only, Greg. You know? Yeah, we'll crew see shirt. about that, Barrett. We'll mm-hmm. see about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, Troy Baker was there. Neil was there. Gustavo was there. Ooh. It was Crash Bandicoot. Was I don't there. know what Carl yeah. was there. Carl was there, yeah. which blew my mind. I, that's when I was like, oh, shit, I should have gone. I should have gone. Uh, but also, I don't. I think it might have been Spider-Man, but I might be wrong on this. One of the songs had like, maybe multiple of the songs, had a lot of fireworks going on, like a fireworks show. And I was like, this looks fantastic. And I think it might have been Spider-Man. You saw that? That's the new Game Awards Oh, that was the new theme. Game Awards theme. 
Was there an old Game Awards theme? <laughs> was this? I didn't know Game Awards had. Theme. <laughs> I didn't realize Game Awards was doing themes now. You watch the Game Awards. Uh, new dates for you, uh, Johan. Uh, the Parhelion Blaze of the Deep Blue is out on or, no, Xbox and PlayStations and Switch and PC November sixteenth. Uh, Wo Long Final Dynasty Cross uh, Naraka uh, Blade Point collaboration launches June 29th. Domain 9 Sector, uh, the next major 3.0 expansion for Tower of Fantasy, is launching June 27th. And then LeBron James PlayStation 5 DualSense and co- console cover uh, go up for pre order on June 29th via PlayStation Direct. Deals of the day. We said at the top of the show, we're putting here too. It's Joey's half birthday, which means you can get 25% off everything in our old Rooster Teeth store with the code Christmas in June. Go over to the Rooster Teeth store, click on the kind of funny tab, and there you can go get the deal there for old store. I love how we're doing this for, for Joey's half birthday, but it's also Tim's actual birthday this week. Yeah. Your birthday is soon too. My birthday is in six days. Maybe the code then will be Blessing's birthday in six days. You never know. That'd be it pretty is. cool. Go ahead, That'd be pretty cool. You have my permission. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, of course, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash games and youtube.com slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. We have two so far. One's from Radic, but it's not about CD Projekt Red. Radic just points out uh, Bandai Namco hosted a showcase in 2021 during mm-hmm. the usual E3 series of summer showcases. Appreciate that, Radic. And then Kebab says, uh, the Game Awards theme was composed for the 2018 awards. Starting in 2019, it plays at the start and end of the Game Awards orchestral medley at the end of the show. I don't believe that. This is what I'm always talking about where it's like, you know, I talked about it with Final Fantasy. Uh, listening to you guys talk about your Final Fantasy review. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Michael Himes like, oh, dog. And then this. And he's talked about some song that popped up and he started crying because he remembers it from when he was like four years old. I'm like, I. You, no? I mean, they have, like the Superman theme or the Ghostbusters theme. I ain't remembering any oh, music. Dude, themes are great. I love themes. I guess they're fun. I love themes on my PlayStation, but you know what happened to them? Rest in peace. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week on a variety of platforms, we come to you with the nerdy news you need to know about. It is Monday, which means you have a whole week of shows coming up, and it's a Greg week. Tuesday, it's me and Blessing. Wednesday, it's Blessing and me. Thursday, it's me and Tim. Friday, me and blessing of course you should be helping us make the show by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny over on patreon.com slash kind of funny of course you can uh, no 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 you can get the show ad free you can watch all the other podcasts get recorded live and ad free uh you can get a bevy of bonus content you can get a whole bunch of exclusive merch it's all on patreon.com slash kind of funny which helps us stay independent Keep the mics and lights on. However, if you got no bucks tossed away, no big deal. Use the Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny when you're checking out of the Epic Game Store or when you're on your console in Fortnite, Rock League, etc. Go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, of course. Watch the show there. Like, subscribe, share. Of course, you could also get on podcast services. Of course, you could be watching live on Twitch and YouTube right now. And if you are, that means when we sign off and handshake, we'll go into a little post show where Michael read the YouTube Super Chats and ask us some questions. But that's only available on the stream and the VOD. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Terrible.